One of you here, although we do have a lot gone today, but you're here and that's what's important. Tyler has a friend with him today and that's great. Bill and Nola are here and I get to have lunch with them today and looking forward to that. And Sherry's going to be there too and so I'm looking forward to that. She just got back from Sacramento. It's good to have her home. I worry about her when she's gone. She doesn't want me to worry, but I do. I'll get right into the lesson. It's not a very long lesson, and so I hope that we get the real message of what was said here. We're talking about the leper. And if you know anything about leprosy in the Bible, you know that number one, people were forbidden to be around people that had leprosy. And the leper was not allowed to come around people in society. An amazing story as we read in Matthew 8, 1 through 4. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed and Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Luke the 17th chapter in verse 1 informs us that Jesus traveled from the mount where he taught what we call the Beatitudes and the rest of those things, that he went to Capernaum. And on the way, Luke the fifth chapter says in verse 12, it tells us that this event took place on the way to Capernaum. And I want you to notice here, a great amount of people see this healing. And this according to Matthew, is really the first miracle that Jesus does. Luke tells us of the marriage ceremony where he turned the water into wine. But Matthew says that the first thing that he really did when he came off of that mountain is this leper approaches him. And so a leper comes forward among the people. Now this is absolutely amazing upon the part of the leper because a leper just doesn't do that. You don't go into society. And here he is, the leper that's been banned from among people. He lived in a leper colony. And you can just imagine, I'll tell you, as I think of this, I can just imagine, and I don't know how many of you saw the movie picture, Ben-Hur, but it showed the leper colony being down in where they lived in caves. You can just imagine him being taken away from his loved ones, put in this leper colony, and he has no contact with other people other than the lepers that are there. And this is not like a leprosy that we can read about today in our society. Some of those are not so contagious. This was very contagious. In fact, it was a living death. And there he was, 
he was called unclean. And when you found out you had leprosy, you would have to run through town and you'd have to cry out, unclean, unclean, and keep everybody away from you and then move into this away from your relatives, away from all of society. You could not be around anybody. And it was just unlawful for you to go into the society itself. It was horrible to think about. I can't be with people. The only thing that I can say about that is I experienced a little bit of this, certainly not having leprosy, but my sister, whenever she contract, contracted polio, I was 12 years old, and most of you knew Ethel. I remember standing at a window at the hospital at Ventura County Hospital, looking in at her, and we could not go into her, and she could not come out to us. And there were people all around her with masks on. And she was in what's called isolation. And I watched other people as they were in iron lungs. And my sister, the first night, she kept getting up and walking and walking because she was afraid polio was the rage in those days. And finally, she couldn't get up anymore. Finally, she couldn't walk anymore. But she was contagious. And it was a horrible experience. And I watched her as she came out of there. And she never walked again. When I was 16 years old, I had a headache for over two weeks. And finally it got so bad that I couldn't stand it. And I was put in isolation. They said that I had polio. Don't know whether I did or not. But anyway, I was contagious. And I kept thinking, I'm going to come out of this and I won't be able to walk. And people that I loved could not come to me. And for two nights, I spent that way, and then my headache left, and I was allowed to walk out. It was a horrible experience to be in that situation. And you can imagine this leper, as he shocked everybody, as all of a sudden, he comes right into the midst of all of them, this multitude of people, as he comes Luke says, he fell on his face. You notice something about people that have leprosy or have some disease like this, that they don't care what other people think. When you love somebody, you don't care what people think. Do you remember, uh, it was Mary and Martha's house that one come and they were serving Jesus and they washed his feet with perfume. You remember that costly ointment? And everybody says, how ridiculous this is. How stupid this is. She could have taken that and she could have spent it all. She could have, she could have given to the poor. And in essence, she said, I don't care what you think. I love him. And I'm going to do this, getting him ready for burial. Even though she didn't understand that, she knew one thing, that, that there was nobody more precious than Jesus Christ. I want to do that. 
and I don't care what people think. And this guy said, I don't care what people think, and I don't care how much they pull away. I'm going to get before him, and if I want you to notice, it said he came and worshipped him. So he knew something about Jesus that many of the people did not know. They knew that he knew that he had come to the place where God could heal him. And he knew the power that Jesus must have because people was telling the kind of teaching that Jesus was doing. There has been no teaching that is any greater than that upon the mount as Jesus stood there and taught with all authority and said, I recognize that these people have taught you this and I'm going to tell you something completely different. And it knocks religion on its head because they've been teaching you wrong. And this fellow knew that Jesus was capable of healing him if Jesus would just will to do it. And it really doesn't matter what these other things. He knows that Jesus can fix him. Oh, I wish I could get somebody to fix my leg. Bill, don't you wish somebody could just fix your legs just like that? If I knew somebody like that, boy, I'd pay a lot of money and, and Bill would pay, help pay a lot of money and I'd get money from every one of you and we'd get that fellow paid and he'd fix my legs. This fellow says, I know he can fix me. I don't have any money. I don't have any relatives to help me. I don't have any of that. But he can fix me. And he's there worshiping and begging. And this is what we would call submissive faith. Submissive faith just simply means I'm not capable of doing it. And isn't that all of us? Isn't that all of us? Didn't we come to Jesus that way? I cannot heal myself. I don't know what to do. God, help me. Tell me what to do. And God says, Jesus. That's what you do. Jesus is able to do that. Now, I want you to remember something all through the lesson. And the lessons to come that Jesus healed nobody physically for the physical purpose. It was to illustrate what he could do spiritually. And it showed forth his glory and that he had come from God. You could at least get that. But this man went deeper and said... I'm going to worship you. Now this fellow being a Jew knew that you could worship nobody but God. So he had figured out who this man was. This man was God in the flesh. And thank God that I can be here and I'm beholding God and God is the only one that can cure me. And this is exactly how you come to Jesus. You can't come walking up and say, hey, God, Jesus, you're lucky to get me. <laughs> you can't do that. I am totally broke. I am totally bankrupt. I am totally sick. 
I am totally at the, my, my most desperate place. I've looked everywhere. I've tried everything, as Solomon said. I've tried everything, and I've built gardens, and I've had my wine, women, and song, and it didn't work. You're my last resort, and I've come to you to be healed. Oh, I wish we could get that humbleness in us. To come and say, I need you so bad. To humbly come and say, God, you are the giver of life. You are the one that gives gifts. You are the one that I want to receive the gift. Please give me the gift. You've given me gifts every day. There's sunshine, there's rain, there's all of that. And but I want something and I can't get rest inside of me and I want you to give this to me because I'm sick, sick, sick. Help me. Have you been there? I know that you have. I know that you have. I need more than anything, I need to be pardoned. I've been in this prison so long. This body of a, of a living death, I've been here too long. I want to be pardoned, God, and I need peace. I need peace inside of me. You know what? You can go through any kind of illness if you just have peace inside. I know I'm all right with God. If I can get that, I've got it all. I need peace. And I need spiritual consolation. Oh, I need to know. And I need strength. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I need strength. We mentioned Mary this morning. Do you realize that that's the one thing in all her weaknesses, and she has a lot of weaknesses, she gets strength. Why? Because she depends upon the Lord. I can't hardly wait to get back to Port Wyneve so I can praise God with the church. Aren't you proud to have a member like that? It gives you goosebumps all over. And this is what God wants us to have. Get that in your mind. God wants you to have these gifts. He wants you to have the peace. He wants you to have the strength. He wants you to grow. He wants you to be healthy spiritually. And you can be. Oh, we're going to get a new body. So the boldness of this leper, I want to be that bold. You know, one of the things, the hardest thing in the world is called repentance. To admit to everybody, I have done this, and it was terrible. We've seen most of us here, me included, that have had to repent before the congregation. That's one of the hardest things in the world to do because I've said I'm a failure. I'm a failure and I want you to know that I failed and I need forgiveness. And this leper came and said, you know what? Don't care what anybody thinks. I'm just desperate to get to Jesus. Jesus does something that is absolutely amazing. Jesus reached out and touched him. Oh, there's a song out that I love. It's called, He Touched Me. He Touched Me. It's an amazing thing that the 
most holy God would reach out and touch you. So unholy, and he's so holy, and he reaches out and touches you. Everybody says, what's the matter with him? Is he crazy? He's touching somebody that has leprosy. Jesus said, I've got it taken care of. He touched him. Mark, the first chapter in verse 41 says, he had compassion on him. Now, compassion, I'm going to tell you, come is with, and passion means Jesus actually put himself in his shoes and said, I can imagine what this feels like. And I'm going to take care of the problem. Compassion's not worth anything unless you can help. But compassion where we can help. You see, I tell Jeannie all the time, I, I wish I could do something. I wish I could take your pain. I wish I could, uh, could just help you. And she said, you do, because I care and because I pray. That's about all I can do. I wish that I could do more. So the Jews are all shocked. Something is wrong with Jesus. He's touching this individual. And this healing had to increase the faith of those watching him and those that would hear about. It increases our faith, doesn't it? Doesn't it increase our faith to know that Jesus, even though somebody is sickening, that Jesus says, I've come to heal the, the really brokenhearted and the sick. I've come to give them life. I've come to give them peace. I've come to give them joy. I've come to save them. When you have that, you've got Jesus. Can you imagine the leper every day he said, oh, I wish I could be back with my loved ones and just have them touch me. Just have them hold me. Just have them care and I could reach out to them and I could hold them and I could touch them and I could grab them. I don't want to be touched so bad. Every once in a while, my wife comes by and she just pinches me a little bit. That's precious to me. That's precious to me. She touches me. The preacher in Ventura says, Mason, there's a big difference between you and me. And I said, what do you think it is? He said, you're a hugger. And I am. I hug people. And I think he misses a great deal of joy by not hugging. I enjoy hugging. I like to be touched. Now, I'm talking appropriate touching. Everybody knows that. This man must have looked so deformed. And so hideous. And two words from Jesus are majestic and they're almighty. When Jesus said, I will. I will. Every miracle shows God in the flesh and what God is capable of. You know, Jesus said when he was here, The things that you are seeing me doing, my father has been working this all the time. Not so much the physical, but think of what God has done with people spiritually as they are healed, as they change, as they... And by the way, we're starting next week on a little series of Jesus prayed all the time, so we're going to do this little series on prayer because we're losing 
this great power of communication. And the Bible says that immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Have you watched the television preachers as they heal people? And the, the, the fellow, you know, whether he's crippled or whatever, he'll say, you're healed, you're healed, and he'll hit him on the head, they'll fall by, they'll get up, and then they'll, they'll start, why, why, I can walk. Well, you're not walking very well. Immediately, he was healed. He was like a baby, cleansed like Naaman the leper. You remember? He was healed. God said, go down to that river, that dirty old river, go down there and dip three times. Well, how that's stupid. Well, it may be stupid, but the, the, the servant said, Master, if his prophet would have told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? Oh, yeah, I would have. So he said, okay, I'll go down there. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Look at that. Look at that. Clean as can be. In the Old Testament, for the New Testament, leprosy meant sin. That's what it meant. Isn't it amazing? If you were writing about this, I'll tell you what you would write a whole book. The brevity of the writing in this is amazing. He just writes this little bit and says, get the picture. Draw the picture. We don't have to write a whole book about it because there's a whole story here in this little bitty thing. Others would have wrote volumes. The flesh had been eaten away. You see, one of the things with leprosy, it lo you lose feeling. You have no feeling. You go to sleep and a rat comes and chews your finger off and you don't even know that the rat's chewing on you. That's what leprosy is. And parts have fallen off of him. And Jesus said, you're healed. And he's healed. It's done. Toes had dropped off. The raw sores are spreading all over his body. And Jesus said, let me touch you. Let me touch you. We're going to heal you. All of that's healed. Modern healing is a joke. This is how we come to Jesus spiritually. I have leprosy, God, and I need cleansing. And then Jesus said, don't tell anyone. He tells the man, keep your mouth shut. Let's observe the law. You go to the priests because I'm here not to destroy the law. I'm here to fulfill the law. You go to the priest. Shut up. Don't say anything to anybody. And you know what? He didn't make it to the priest because he has to go to Jerusalem and talk to the priest. After he talks to them, then it can be known. Many people mistake thanks are not thanks because of disobedience. By that I mean the man didn't keep his mouth shut. He went out right away and he started telling people that he was cleansed. I want to ask you something. Have you really been cleansed by Jesus? That is your sins taken away. And Jesus said, when your sins are taken away, 
Go and tell everybody about it. He told this man, shut up. But I think that we shut up today when we've been told, go tell about our experience. How many people have you talked to about Jesus this week? Really? How many people have you talked to about Jesus? We talk amongst ourselves. Gary asked me a question the other day. He said, do you think that we're doing enough to tell other people? That's a good question, isn't it? Are we doing enough? I can tell you, no, we're not. The evangelistic program means that people are contacting other people. You know it doesn't take much. And we're not responsible for getting growth. Jesus said, I'll take care of that. You preach the word. You tell others. You tell others. And I'll take care of the growth. If we never get another member, if we're out telling it, that's what's important. And that will make us grow spiritually inside. As you look at this, we ought to bow before the master. And I'm just summarizing what we've talked about. Bow before the master. Master, you are able. I'm not. You're big. I'm little. And you have chosen me to be a servant. And you've cleansed me of my sins. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Recognize how deeply we need to be cleansed. And I'm going to tell you, after you're a Christian, you still need to be cleansed by the blood of Christ. Over and over and over. And God never gets tired of cleansing you. You put your whole faith in Jesus. I'm here upon my face bowing before you. And I want to be your obedient servant. If you're not a Christian, why not become one? By believing with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he has the power. Repent of your sins, that is, turn your life over to him and let him direct it. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Be baptized for the remission of sins as you enter into the blood of Christ, the death of Christ. And that's where their new birth begins. Won't you come while together we stand and sing? Come to Jesus.